Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Again, welcome to you this morning if you're online. It's great to have you here, or great to have you in your living room, wherever you are. In fact, I dreamed in a couple of weeks ago from India, and it was great. Thank you, Ryan. You're a legend. Um, so wherever you are, if you're in the room or if you're at home, maybe you're watching this delayed, I pray that this word is encouraging to you and that you'll know God's grace and peace on your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, it's the middle of winter. Everyone knows it's the middle of It's cold, right? Our house doesn't function in this level of coldness. In fact, we built a brand new house that uh, functions very highly in this level of coldness, but we chose to stay in the sieve of our old farmhouse, and uh, it leaks just water, it leaks heat. Um, I was saying to the amazing Desiree this morning, I was like, man, I used to hate electric blankets, and, but now I just sleep all night with it on three. <laughs> like, it's like, that's like... It's like, yeah, I mean, anyway, 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 it's winter, it's winter, it's winter, a little bit of illness going around, my asthma's going through the roof, praise Jesus, anyway, here's the thing, I, I, I really had on my heart this morning to just hear about spiritual attack, spiritual, that's a big word, in fact, we are, I, I often use our e-group on a Thursday morning at 6.30am to soundboard some stuff. Uh, who loves their e-group? Yeah. Amen, amen. Um, and at 6.30am, I, I said to the guys, I was like, hey guys, we're just going to keep it light this morning. And so I asked them the question, how do you know when you're under spiritual attack? That's a light question, isn't it? It's pretty, pretty low-key. Um, but here's, here's the reality is this morning is that um, we're always under spiritual attack. It's just whether we understand it or realize it or not. Or not, and so what I what I felt like the Lord placed on my heart is to go. You know what? Let's equip us. Let's give us tools to help us identify, but then also help us to push through challenges in our world. Because it's not just the person cutting you off uh, when you're driving. It's not just the traffic because of all the roadworks in Central Dunedin right now. Uh, that's that's primarily that's not a spiritual attack. Uh, that's just frustration. Uh, and. Uh, but um, there's times in our life, though, where, where the, the devil does, and he will, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will send demonic forces to try and challenge who you are and what you are in him. And so this morning, I want to pray. Um, I know we've already prayed, but um, prayer is one of the points. Amen. Who knows that prayer is a good point? But Father, we thank you that your love is so great. But Lord, the communion that we have with you in prayer, Lord, breaks down uh, principalities and powers. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're going to establish just that heart of prayer even more in our life this morning of knowing who you are, God, and the, prop, and the, and the power and the authority that you've given us um, through your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ living in us. And so again, I pray this word uh, adds to all that you are in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you're unsure, John chapter 10, verse 10, is where I'm starting with this morning. In the New King James Version, it says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
And then it says, the I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. I mean, here's the thing. I love the, I love the second part of that scripture. I, Jesus, the words of Jesus basically saying, in, uh, using this, this, this metaphor of, of, of sheep and shepherds. And it says here that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Who, who likes to live in abundance? Who likes to live in overflow? Um, you, you know, you, when, you're, when you're ill and you're sick, and uh, sometimes there's an abundance, sometimes there's an overflow. All right, so I'm sorry I have to use examples like this, but it gets the point across. Um, there's this, you know, but who likes living in overflow? Uh, yeah. But, but here it does say, though, that the thief's purpose or it, is that he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so the devil has a purpose. He is mandating. He's, he's, he's so jealous of you. He's so intimidated and jealous of you because he missed the mark. He got it wrong, and he's been cast out, and, and, then, and then he will be judged in, in time. But it's now his purpose is to try, and you know what? He's like, well, if I'm going down, I'm going to take as many people as I can with me. And so his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy him. So just go with me on this. To steal is to take something away, something that you've acquired, something that you've maybe purchased, maybe something you've been given. And here really, if we're talking about the spiritual uh, capacity or spiritual uh, part of our life, is really take, the devil wants to take your inheritance away. Something that Jesus has given to you, something that Jesus has bought for you. He wants to come and steal, and he wants to take that away. Um, he wants to come and, and get it out of your life, and he'll try and do that. Um, he comes to kill. To, he, wants, he doesn't want to just make your life a misery. He wants to kill you. Sobering thought this morning. is like, hey, this is a bit deep for Sunday morning. Um, but he wants to kill you. He wants to take your life away. How does he do that? He does that by sin. I know Jesus has come to, uh, he's taken our sin from our past, present, and future, but he wants to come and, like, sin, sin detours us away from the call of God on our lives. And, and we're not living in his slipstream. And so if there's sin in our world, it's going to detour us away from God's anointing and God's grace over our life. And number three here, he wants to destroy you. We're really, really what, what happens when you feel destroyed, what happens when you're feeling so down, is really he's taking your hope and your future away. There's times where we get, oh, just, I, you know, we wake up this morning, it's cold, but you made it here. Maybe you clicked online and you, and you made it here, but here's the thing, some people haven't. Why? Because they might be just going through some stuff right now. That's the, one of the tricks of the devil is he wants to try and destroy you. He wants to take that hope away from you. He wants to take that future away from you. But this morning, I'm not here to promote what the devil's trying to do. I'm, gonna, I'm praying that, the, that we're going to give us some tools to push back on the devil. Amen? Amen. And so here's, here's the thing, though, just a couple more things to um, pave the foundation. In 1 Peter verse 5 and 8, it says this, Stay alert. Are we all alert this morning? Who needs their second coffee? Who needs their third coffee? Right, if you're onto your fourth, you need prayer. This is not, you don't need coffee, you need prayer. It says this, stay alert, watch out for, the great, for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
And so we go, I don't want you to be naive. I don't want you to just think, oh, okay, I've become a Christian now. Now I live in la-la land in a box of cotton wool. Uh, I'm not saying that we do. But there's times where you're like, no, now that you've found the hope, found the refuge, found strength, found life, found, found all that in Christ, the devil still just wants to take you down. And, 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 and I hate it when I, I know of good people and people who love Jesus, but they've just been hurt or they've been disappointed. And, and they've the let stuff get into the world and the devil's just getting in there and he's just sinking his claws in a little bit and trying to pull you away from everything that, has, that Jesus has for you. Because why? The part of the second part of the John 10, 10, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. I believe that we've got to li- we're supposed to live in abundance. A little bit more foundation before we get into more of this this morning. Psalm chapter 91. Verses 1 through 6. This is, these are some good scriptures. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him who I will trust. What declaration this morning to, to know. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler or from the perilous or persistent and he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckle. You, you, you shall not be afraid of the terror by the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Man, we've got such an inheritance in God. But there is stuff, there is a spiritual realm that, that the enemy is trying to take us down. And so this morning, I want to ho- hopefully give us some thoughts in and around this. Um, who knows Romans chapter 12 comes after Romans chapter 11. And, and many of you will know Romans chapter 12, or if you don't know it, write, make a note and, and read it in your, in your quiet time and all that. But bef- I want to just read the few scriptures prior to Romans chapter 12, because, you know, when the Bible was written, it wasn't written with chapters and numbers in it. Right? And so sometimes it's good to read the whole thing and pick up pieces. And often when we read our Bibles and we think, oh, I'm going to read Romans chapter 12 today, we miss what happened prior to it. But in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36, it says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. There's three things right there. Just let's get our head around God's riches, God's wisdom, and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand His decisions and His ways? So let's just put it out there. God's is impossible to understand. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. For, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? Anyone tried to give God advice lately? Let me know how it goes. Um, And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because because of all he has done for you. 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I don't know, but I like thinking. Sometimes I've been challenged that I haven't thought enough. Uh, have you ever been challenged that you haven't thought enough? I love thinking. There's a few honest people right down the back who no one can see their hands. Uh, I, I like thinking. I, you'll know this in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, let us think of ways. Uh, I like trying to think. I don't always think of the right things, but I'm thinking. Um, but here, here it says he wants to change the way we think. Because uh, we think we have an idea of who God is. And we think we have an idea of his blessings, but sometimes that gets mixed up in actually who God is. He's not a God of judgment, but he is one day going to come and judge the world. And so we don't need to live in fear of judgment, but God will judge the world. Do we get that a little bit this morning? We've got to understand that we know that by his blood we are saved. And in our thinking, we've got to know that we're secure in that and not in judgment. It goes on, it says, Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Who, who likes that question, that, that, that answer right there? Then you'll learn to know God. Oh, I just want to know the will of God for my life. I just want to know the call of God on my life. Well, if you draw close to God, He'll draw near to you. And let Him change the way you're thinking. Verse 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have, have, have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body we are made many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Here's the thing, is, in, in and through all of this this morning, he wants to change the way we think by faith. He says here, don't think of yourself more highly than every, any, any other and all that. But he says here, um, be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by faith, by the faith God has given you. I want to, when, when, when spiritual stuff happens in our world and maybe the devil's trying to come into you and, 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 and demonic stuff happening in your life, the only way to combat it is by faith. The only way to come against it is into the spiritual realm and, and pushing into everything that God has for you. And so we've got to measure, like measuring our faith this morning is going, you know what, God, it's, he starts here. He's like, be humble in your evaluation of yourself. Going real quiet in here. Humility. It's a great word, humility. But in our humility, the Bible says in our weakness, he is our strong strength. And so this, I want to encourage you that by faith this morning. You know, I love the story of the, I think it was the, the dad that says, Lord, uh, the Lord says to him, your, your son will be healed or your daughter. I can't remember exactly. But he says, Lord, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. That was an honest evaluation of where his faith was. This morning, if we can have an honest evaluation of our faith, then the Lord can work in our lives. Amen? Um. A very famous, well, I call it famous, but maybe it's just because I'm getting old and I've read it a few times, um, uh, that we talk about when intimidation happens in our life, 
is the story of um, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, Elijah, just, this, is, this is coming off uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, where Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Mount Carmel, and, he, and, he, and he, they saturate the offering, and, and he has a bit of fun with them and mocks them a little bit. But then when it's his turn to pray for the Lord to, burn, uh, to consume the offering, we see an amazing miracle of God, and, and God rains fire and consumes the offering, and it's an, it's an amazing miracle. But then straight after an amazing miracle, an amazing breakthrough, um, uh, intimidation comes into his world. And so in verse 19, verse 1, chapter 19, verse 1, it says this. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if my, by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. I'm like, dude, check out what just happened last yesterday. You called down fire, you saturated the offering, you had so much faith in God, you, you even mocked them. They're like, where is your God? Maybe he's going to the toilet. That, that was what he was saying. He, he had so much confidence in his life. He had so much faith. And then now, because someone has just said, hey, by this time tomorrow, if you're not dead, and Elijah, he, he fled. And it says this, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Bathsheba, a town in Judea, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Talk about how it goes from good to bad. Have you ever had your good days? And have you ever had your bad days? See, sometimes this is because there's, there's stuff trying to kill, steal, and destroy in our life. And I want to encourage you to, to recognize that stuff this morning. See, fear, if you're living in fear, if you're anxious, come on, that not, might not just be uh, who you are. It might actually just be a spiritual attack from God. May, you know, if you, another, another way to recognize spiritual attack is uh, um, he left his servant and he moved into isolation. You start pulling, pulling back from people. You start going into your own world. Uh, maybe that's a sign. You know, he went alone into the wilderness. No, uh, no one loves me. I'm here by myself. Now, maybe that's a sign of a spiritual, a spiritual attack that the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He even gets to the point where he loses hope. He lost hope, and he's just like, oh, you know, what good is this anymore? And, he, and even thoughts of taking his own life. Man, I'm not saying that I mean, when, when it comes to this stuff, I mean, look, we need to recognize it in our life because the devil's not worth giving into. The devil's not worth losing our life for. The devil's not worth losing your hope for. The devil's not worth losing your refuge for. Why? What? Because because otherwise, what's the point in Jesus dying on the cross? I, I don't know about you, but I want to make my life worthwhile for Jesus dying on the cross for me. I don't want to have life just for the average and mediocre. I want to have life and life in abundance, life and blessing. And I pray that you do as well. I pray that you're believing that your life is going to be the best life possible. 
And I'm, I'm, my revelation of who Jesus is is that he is so big and so amazing that he can do that for me, but he can do it for you as well. I'm not being, I'm not being arrogant or prideful. I just, that, I just know that God is big. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I'm not saying I'm there. I, I, we, we're, we're, I'm definitely living blessed. I'm definitely living fulfilled. But man, do I still have to struggle and push through areas? Of course I do. But God, let's, let's not nullify the blood of Jesus on the cross. Let's believe for more. Um, the first thing that, I, the, that, that we can see from Elijah here is, is if you want to identify if you're going through some spiritual stuff, the first thing that I pick up anyway when I read is that his declaration changes. First of his declaration was like, maybe your God's off, you know, going, relieving himself. There was a confidence, even a, maybe an arrogance, and I'm not saying we need to be arrogant in God. We definitely need to be confident in God. But we see here when there's spiritual stuff going on in his life, his declaration changes. Uh, if you want to know whether you've, you've got, uh, there might be a spiritual attack on your life, watch your language. What are you talking about right now? Do you love a little bit of juicy gossip? Oh, we're all so holy. We're all so holy. May I love a good bit of juicy gossip. I'm the only honest person in this room. We all like knowing something that someone doesn't else know. We all love it. But what do we do with it? Are you safe? See, our declaration is one of the things that first changes and and so if you need a if you want help with equipping yourself with a with with your declaration you know what is what is the language that's coming out of your life right now i like what what um what the um jesus says to his disciples in matthew chapter 16 and and verse 13 to 20 of Matthew 16, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because... My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. See, our declaration is, is so important. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who, who is he to you? Is he, is he just your religious um, connection? That was big, wasn't it? Is he just like, oh yeah, I love Jesus, but is he that convenient person on a Sunday? Is, 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 he, is he that person that we just want our kids to grow up with some moral perspective around life? Now, who is Jesus to you? Because yeah, uh, like, there's a whole lot of some says. 
Some says he's this and some says he's that. But who cares what some say that is? I love hearing testimony. I love hearing testimony. And testimony is amazing, but, uh, and, that, and, and that stirs my spirit on. But, but, but who do you say that Jesus is? Is he, going back to that, that Psalm 91, is he your place of refuge? Do you hide in the shadow of his wings? Do you find rest in the Almighty? Who do you say that he is? In Revelation 12, verse 11, and it says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, by what they said who Jesus was. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. What's your testimony in who Jesus is? See, Jesus will build on your revelation. He'll build on your revelation of who he is. He's my savior this morning. I want to tell you that. Is he your savior? I, many of you will know this. You've been part of this church for a little while. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That was the scripture, John 14, 6, that I'm building my rock and revelation on. I knew that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. I knew that I needed Jesus in my life. And that's, the, that's who Jesus is to me. And he'll build upon that rock. Just like he said to Peter here, what is your revelation? What is your declaration? Sometimes when you're going through a, a spiritual attack and, and your language is wrong, come on, you've got to start changing our language. Now, he's my rock. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. You know, it goes, it goes through there because it says here, and, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Not the keys to the, the nice box of chocolates. Not the keys to comfort food. <laughs> Not the keys to going and, and going doing a spending spree to make you look better or feel better. No, he says he'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth uh, is forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. See, sometimes we've got to get a little bit of warring going on in myself. This could be a whole series <laughs> that we could be teaching today. But I want to encourage you, what's your revelation? What's your declaration? You know, many of you will know this in Prams. That's the book of Psalms and Proverbs together. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue can bring death or life. That's over your life as well. It's not about your criticism of someone else. It's not about what you label something or you label that. No, it can actually bring life and death over your own life. Over who you are, like, how's your language? Oh, uh, no, like, no, no, oh, man, I don't feel like it today. But that's because you've got to let God transform you into the way that he is. No one can understand God. No one can understand everything about him. But as we draw close to God, he'll draw near to us and he'll help us with our declaration. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, it says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> Everyone likes that one, eh? 
Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. A, uh, a closed mouth gathers no feet. Have you ever put your foot in it? You know, study, study. I was, now I know where if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Problem is we keep thinking it, don't we? We start going over and over and over and over and over and again in our heads. That's where we've got to let God transform and renew our thinking in everything. Sometimes it's not just the things that come out of our mouth, but it's our thoughts as well. Jesus came, and you know this, uh, how he, he changed, even if you think in your heart that it is. Challenging, challenging this morning. Um, let's keep moving quickly. So our declaration, what's, what's your declaration? Where, where, is, where is God challenging you on your declaration? Um, next thing, if you want to learn how to push through and break through spiritual attack is, is um, humility. Humility. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Humility just means I can't do it by myself. Jesus had to have humility. How do I know that? In Matthew chapter 4. Many times Jesus was, uh, here it's three times Jesus was tempted by the devil. He needed humility. He couldn't just answer. He, he couldn't just do it by himself. How did he need humility? He needed humility in going, you know what? What I need is the word of God in my life. And he, and he answered three times. Don't, don't you like that? I mean, isn't it amazing how the devil loves to bring doubt into your life? All, all three of his questions started with an I and an F. All three. When, when, the devil loves to bring doubt into your life. And he was like, oh, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, this is why it's good to, to know scripture in your spirit. Uh, you know, and... And here's the thing, people will say, well, uh, Jesus was God. He wrote the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. No, Jesus studied the scriptures. For him to become a rabbi, he had to learn the Torah off by heart by the age of 12. That's, that's, the, that's how do you, how, part of, I don't know all of it, all of it, but I know they, they had to know the whole um, the Torah, which is, the, I think, the first five books of the Old Testament, off by heart by the age of 12. Anyone up for that? Bible in a year. Bible in 12 years. Uh, no, he needed, he needed to know the Scriptures as well. He didn't just bring them out of, the, uh, out, out of his, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, again, it says, if you are the Son of God, jump off. Because um, he talks about, uh, he's sharing about the, king, the city of Jerusalem as, as well. But again, he replies with Scripture. He will order his, for the scriptures, oh, this is what the devil says, for he will order um, his angels to protect you and they will hold you with their hands so you won't even hurt a foot or a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say. See, one thing that is not slightly alarming, but I think one thing we've also got to understand is the devil knows scripture just as well as Jesus. But he, know, he knows that he's defeated by the scripture just as well as much as he knows that as well. Next, the devil took him to a peak, a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdom of the world and there the glory 
and their glory. And I will give it to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Hey, I wonder this morning, I wonder when there's challenges that we go through in our life where there's spiritual stuff going along, I wonder if we could get to the point where we've got to get out of here, Satan. Where there's something in our spirits, he goes, I've had enough. I've had enough, God. I've had enough, God. Come on, get out of here, Satan. You have to go. And, you know, and I want to encourage you, keep praying, keeping on, keep believing. Ephesians chapter 6, in our humility, we need armor. In our humility, we need the whole armor of God. Um, it says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not in our feelings, not in our emotions, in his mighty power. And so, again, I encourage you, let's go, let's, let's just be in our thinking in the spiritual realm. He says, put on the helmet, um, this is way down in verse 17 now, put on, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, this helps in our humility, knowing the Word of God helps us with our declaration. Yeah. What is your declaration? Jesus came to give me life and life in its fullness. This is not a promise of God. This is a lie of the devil. Lord, I declare right now that I live in fullness. I live in abundance. I live in your blessing. What are your scriptures? I can't give you my scriptures. I want to hear your scriptures. What are the things that you've got in your in, uh, uh, quiver, is it, or sheath, uh, where you want to pull them out and say, no, come on, it's the sword of the Spirit here. It's your word, what, what, you, what, what has come alive for you. Verse 18 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and in every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. See, the next thing is if we've got our declaration and we, we have our humility, we need, we need God, we need Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, but it comes now into the place of prayer, into a place of prayer. When you come under a spiritual attack, the only way is to get into a place of prayer. Jesus prayed. He often withdrew and he prayed. Uh, I want to encourage you, Go. Maybe, maybe you lie in bed at night and you start praying and there you are, you're asleep. I'm good at that. In fact, if I can't sleep at night, generally what I'll try and do is I'll start praying and I'll start reading my Bible. Man, I'm asleep straight away. Peacefulness. But if you're, if you're purposeful and, and you're going, you know what, I want to do some some declaration here. I want to do some work in the spirit. I want to bind stuff in heaven and see it bound on earth. I want to loosen things in heaven and see it loosen on earth. Come on, I want to encourage you. Go for a prayer walk. Go, go, go out somewhere. You know, go take your jacket off, wear some shorts and jandals, and walk around the coastal front line. You're not going to go to sleep there. You're going to either freeze or you're going to pray, one or the other. <laughs> but do something that shifts your mindset. You go, no, I'm out here. I'm purposeful about praying today. I'm purposeful about going, you know what, devil, get your hands off. Devil, get your hands off. You know, this morning as Jason was saying, hey, we're going to pray for a few things. I'm like, man, I've got a whole lot of things in my world, but man, I've got lists of things of other people saying, hey, can you pray for this? I'm like, Lord, I'm praying. I'm lifting my hands. I'm praying. Many people have got health issues. Come on, God, I've seen you. I've seen you do things before. Do it again. 
prayer shows humility. Again, we can't do it all by ourselves. We need other people in our world. I, I like in, um, in James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, New International Version, it says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, sometimes you might be going through a, a spiritual attack and there might be things in your life because of sin in your world. But then when we have humility and we say, hey, man, can you come and pray with me? Can you, can, when we bring stuff into the light, um, it opens it up. And as we pray into it, uh, God brings healing in that space. Problem is we just go off into our wilderness. We go, oh, I'll be able to get through this myself. I'll be able to stop doing that. No, the humility says that if we bring something here and we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that it'll be, you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and, and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and earth produced its crops. Prayer. Prayer. Wish the rest of the worship team can jump up too. Thank you, guys. Prayer. I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, see, all of these points lead into each other today. Our declaration, our humility, and our prayer. But what is what is what is your scriptures? What are the things you're standing on? I can I can point you to some. See, I, I, I like using my Bible as a as like a cookbook. I don't know too much about cookbooks <laughs> or a recipe book. See, sometimes we can go, oh, okay, Lord, talk to me today. Stick your finger in. Okay, and you read something, you're like, well, it might talk to you, it might not. But I like, if, I need in, if I'm working on something, it's like, man, my language is bad towards this person. Lord, I need to learn more about forgiveness. I, I go to my Bible and I look up forgiveness. And I try and find all the scriptures in forgiveness. For me, Joseph, the story and the life of Joseph, helps me with forgiveness. Now, that guy went through a whole lot. And I was like, Lord, why? How can you go through all of that? That's not fear. His family sold him. His family tried to kill him. And then he has a good attitude. And then, then he gets accused of rape and gets put in prison. I'm like, that's not fear. This is wrong. <laughs> and then he does well in prison again, and he shares his gifts with other people. And he's like, remember me? The butcher and the baker, candlestick maker. And prophesies, and he's using his gifts. And says that he has a great spirit and just serving the whole time through. I'm like, that's just not fear. Joseph shouldn't, it's also wrong that you've got such a good attitude right now. I'm like, God, why? Why is Joseph so good? 
And I go back and I read through the Bible and it goes back to a very promise from Abraham, his forefathers. And it just a one-liner just says, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. You know, and all the way back, I'm like, okay, God, forgiveness. Just serve you faithfully and live a blameless life. Now, I don't know why, that's my scripture. That's something God talked to me about. That's my revelation that I'm building on the rock of who Jesus is. You know, you know when someone's preaching and you say, oh, this is a real famous scripture? I do it all the time. It's only because I've just figured out I'm, I've been a Christian now for 30 years. Praise Jesus. It just means I'm getting older. But you know, Psalm 23, that's a famous psalm. Probably the most famous psalm. The most famous scripture is probably John 3.16. And, John, and, and Psalm 23 is a famous psalm probably because um, many people have read it through and it's spoken to them. And just as we finish this morning, I wonder if we could stand together and just put your notebooks beside. And I'm just going to read it. Because if we put our mind in the mind of Christ and as we go, you know what, there's some stuff going on. It really, really does. It just leads us through. It says, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. and guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What an amazing personal psalm that David wrote. But as I want to finish this morning, is I just want to finish with verse 5. I'm, I'm not asking everyone to turn into a, an overdriven, everything is a spiritual attack and you need to ask Jesus what, what, what breakfast cereal you need to eat in the morning. What I am saying this morning is when 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 there's stuff that's going on in your world and you're, you're losing your voice and you're losing your hope and you're losing your ref, refuge, sometimes there is a spiritual attack happening. But it says this, He prepares a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. You can rest. But it says, You, you honour me by anointing my head with oil. And my prayer as I was preparing this is that you just know God's anointing fresh on your life. It says here, He anoints your head with oil. What, what is that? It's just not to get the latest olive oil out to smear on there and get greasy foreheads. 
No, the, He anoints your head with oil. Oil is, 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 is a description or, a, or, or used for, for the presence of the Lord, for the presence of, of the Holy Spirit. He anoints your head. He, he's anointing your head. He's, changing the, he's helping changing the way you think. He's, he's helping just say, you know what? I anoint your head with oil. I anoint your head with my presence. I anoint your head with my authority. I anoint your head with everything who I am, you now have access to. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.